This is Dennis Ramundi. I'm here with my co-host, Phil Goldberg. Our podcast, Spirit Matters Talk, uh, we are found at spiritmatterstalk.com. We are also found all over social media, Twitter, Facebook. Check us out. Uh, our guest today, Ms. Jane Wolf Waterman. Uh, she is an attorney. She's also a psychotherapist and coach. Uh, she is an author. Her latest book, uh, Oh My God, We Are Parenting Our Parents, subject matter that uh, affects most of us. Jane, thank you so very much for taking the time to come on our show today. It's my pleasure to be here with both of you, Dennis, Philip. Jane, um, you've been a practicing psychotherapist for quite a few years, and um, prior to that was a practicing lawyer. Tell us how you got fascinated with and committed to writing about um, and working with people on this subject most of us uh, have to deal with at some point in our lives, namely caring for our uh, elderly parents. And the, the title, We're Parenting Our Parents, is particularly rich. So give us a little background. I'd love to do that for you. And I'd like to um, add that the second part of the title of the book which really relates a lot to your audience, I think, is how to transform this remarkable challenge into a journey of love. Because in all candor, uh, there are many parts that are challenging as we begin to do what I did, which is to confront the fact uh, that our parents are getting older and that we might like to take some responsibility in caring for them, especially if we appreciated that they cared for us. So it, my journey actually began with myself and um, a little bit embarrassingly, Phil and Dennis, because uh, I was at this point in my life in my uh, late 40s. I had um, begun a geriatric psychotherapy practice, which is aimed at older people. And I went to visit my parents in New York City where I'd grown up one Christmas vacation and discovered that they were not at all how I expected them to be and they were sick and they were getting old and they were hiding these things from me and I was somehow willing at a distance across the country, could be across the state, but whatever distance it is from our parents, I was able to just somehow ignore the fact that they were now in their mid-80s and aging and how was it that they were going to get on, hopefully, into their 90s and be secure and comfortable and feel loved? So I got back to New York City, and I found this couple that I hardly recognized. Uh, they insisted that I meet them at a restaurant for dinner, and these two kind of strangers showed up. My mom was cold and clammy and let my father talk and order for her, nothing at all like herself, and my dad was obviously exhausted. And they then, the next day, refused to allow me in their home, oh, go to the museum, hang out with your friends in New York. And the third morning, I said, I can't do this anymore. When they tried to push me away, I walked into their home and found it was covered with dust, and they were sick, and they were hiding out from me. So that was how I decided I had to do something. And, um, I, in, in, of course, immediately I had to get into action to get them health to clean their place 
and to see what a, what ahead I could do, given that there were 3,000 miles between me and them every day, and that uh, they were strong, independent people uh, who really didn't want their life interfered with, clearly, uh, were perhaps a little afraid of what might happen if I did get involved, and maybe I thought they would take over in some way their lives, and um, yet I knew that I wasn't planning to leave my job and my home all that far away. What was going to be the long-term plan? So that's how I began to get more involved in this arena, looked Mm -hmm. around and found out, you know, all my friends were doing this. Everybody Mm -hmm. was trying to figure this out. Nobody knew what to do. So uh, I began to write a book and share my experiences, which is what the book is. It's a memoir uh, of some of my less proud experiences, even, of having to figure out how to go through the challenges and then how to create uh, a loving family environment um, that I would be proud to, uh, to be part of and miraculously, uh, there was a lot of healing when we all did get together mm-hmm. and figure out a plan. Jane, let me ask you uh, for a question. For, for those uh, folks listening and that are thinking, hey, I'm dealing with this now, or I'm going to be dealing with this in the near future, well, what skills, what tools would you recommend they develop even before they actually have to deal with this uh, fully uh, that would make them more effective in, in uh parenting their parents? Well, um, in terms of uh, personal uh, internal tools, is that what you're asking about? Any type of tools, internal, external. What what, what can they do to to prepare themselves for uh, this responsibility? Uh, It's a very good question, and the first word that came to mind was compassion. Mm It was a tool um, I actually have a, a, I have a website, parentingourparents.org, and I have a very popular uh, blog, and one of the most popular of all the articles is on how to strengthen the muscle of compassion. Mm-hmm. And the way I see that is, you know, in terms of even the title, Parenting Our Parents, um, many of us have parented children uh, or step-parented children, and I think that many, many of us have developed tools of how to be good parents. And then as the life cycle goes on, it's a, a variation on a theme, as people in music might say, because parenting our parents has a great deal in common with parenting our children. So that many of us have actually developed the tools, and now we have to figure out how to transpose them from the mm-hmm. key of pediatric to the key of geriatric. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we begin to go to their doctor's appointments with them to get information, just as we didn't let our kids go to the pediatric appointments by themselves. We become informed. We uh, begin to share some of our interests and concerns for their security. Um, we look at how they're spending their time. Um, and so another tool in general is awareness. You know, every parent 
sort of seems to notice things from the moment their child is born. One develops an eye to looking in a certain way at one's children. Well, one develops a similar awareness, and it becomes manifested not just in looking deeply into their eyes or something sort of... uh, um, more pediatric, but looking, you know, when you come visit, look in their refrigerator, see what kind of food they have, become aware of what's going on in their medicine chest. Look at the state, as I had to, of of your parents' home. Is there a lot of dirt and dust? And one thing we see a lot with our aging families is clutter. Mm -hmm. And people in their homes have stored things, and we know a little bit about hoarding, but just as you age, you get to have more stuff, you don't necessarily have more space, and it begins to, you know, monopolize halls, and people can't sometimes walk safely even. Um, You might be aware that there's uh, darkness for your parents who don't see as well with the same Mm -hmm. eyes at 80 that one sees at 20 or 10. So these kind of awareness skills and trying to see how the things you enjoyed when you were parenting uh, your children and the things you enjoyed when you were being parented. You know, did you come home from school and your mom sit down and say, how was your day, honey? And you really liked that. Well, you might... If you're not living with your parents, call them at the end of their day and say, how was your day, honey? So it really is a kind of a, a transliteration, a transposition of thinking, what might I like as I'm getting older and how can I begin to give that to the people I love? Jane, you mentioned uh, compassion as a, a very important uh, key to this and you mentioned uh, tools for, or I forget the term used, but for becoming uh, more compassionate or developing the ability. Yeah. Um, compassion is the kind of thing you hear a lot in spiritual circles. You know, everybody says, you know, we need to be compassionate and so forth. And it always occurs to me that that's not a, not just something you turn on and off at will, but that some people have a capacity for compassion and. We're more compassionate at some times than others. How do you yeah. help people uh, develop the, the quality of compassion and uh, so that it emerges in their lives more consistently and in a, in a more authentic way? Well, um, I'm sure there are many other people who have also written about this, and I would urge people who want to know more deeply to... Uh, study some of the people who are experts in it. Uh, in my smaller area of expertise about compassion, I think it really is kind of like the old walking in someone else's moccasins, you know, to try to ask yourself, if I were in that place, what would I want? Now, that isn't necessarily what someone else wants. Um, And I'll give you an example of that. When I uh, eventually brought my parents out to California and I would try to amuse them and take them out places that I thought that they would like to go because these were places I would like to go. 
<laughs> uh, like going to a theater and uh, go see a play. They were New Yorkers. And uh, I found that at, at 90, um, they were much more concerned with how comfortable they would be in the chairs, yes. yeah. whether, yeah. They, whether they could actually hear uh, what was being said on stage, let alone comprehend, uh, whether they were going to miss dinner <laughs> yeah. Yeah. at their, you know, where they lived. <laughs> so, you know, my idea of what was, was wonderful was not really compassionate. <laughs> No, I, I have to intervene. I, I had a, a similar awakening. I spent most of my youth sharing baseball, love of baseball with my yes, dad. Yes, of course you did. Yes, I remember. And, and, and when he was getting older and I wanted him to come out to visit us in L.A., I said, I'll get tickets to a Dodger game. And it was like, Ah, uh, and it was like such a, the thought of going to a game and walking to the seats and everything. So, mm. No, we'll watch it on television. And yeah, I, I, I had played it. I've had similar experience. <laughs> I got my parents' tickets to see Tony Bennett in New York, and they love Tony Bennett. But the thought in the summer of, of going from New Jersey and over to New York, it was like you know. <laughs> so yeah, we've all. Uh, Jane, Jane, if I get yeah. into it. Uh, the focus of our uh, podcast is, is spirituality and contemporary spirituality. Yes, of course. What role does spirituality play, either, either in a religious context, spirituality they, they draw from their religion, or just uh, uh, spirituality removed from religion, uh, play in, in, uh, in coping with and parenting your parents and, and dealing with the issues you're discussing? Yeah. Well, the, the uh, gerontological experts say and you guys probably know this, and I hope your audience does too, that healthy aging really is like a table with four legs. And one of those legs is that we're as healthy as we can be. The second is we're as wealthy materially as we can be. The third is that socially we are attached and engaged. And the fourth is spiritually we are attached and engaged. Um, So in my experience, uh, parenting our parents really is about two sets of people, just as parenting children is about parents and children. Uh, parenting parents is about what I call pop parents, or the middle-agers, the ones who are trying to get our parents to the, the ball game. <laughs> uh, and the senior parents, and uh, maybe some of us on this phone call are more in that category, Uh, as we are trying to figure out how to have a purposeful life. And for me, that has to include spirituality. And so um, both ends of the spectrum of pop parenting, uh, to my mind, get involved when we reconnect with our parents. We begin to have more physical contact, we're talking to them on the phone, we're seeing them more often, we're helping them make plans, we're going to the doctor or the dentist, we're helping them market uh, because perhaps they're not really qualified to drive well anymore and don't enjoy it and could be accident-causing. So all of that physical contact and increased involvement uh, leads usually with some more compassion and patience to a kind of healing and um, in the study of spiritual happiness, 
um, which is really parallel, in my view, to the study of the science of happiness. There are at least three arenas where people can actively work, and maybe this uh, answers a little more about your tools question earlier, to work in the area of gratitude, forgiveness, and savoring the good times. Mm -hmm. So these are spiritual practices of, of happiness, in my view, where when we do get together, you know, we do spend some time being grateful that we have parents. I wish I had mine, <laughs> you know, and I see people going to the market with their parents, and I think, boy, that would be nice. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and I think back about what I did do and how I feel about that and how I feel about myself because I did go out of my way and bring my parents 3,000 miles here and create a life for them and a purpose and safety. And I feel proud of that and grateful that I could do that in every way, uh, physically, materially, spiritually, and that they were willing to come here. Mm -hmm. took, them two and a half, took me two and a half years because they did not want to leave New York and come to California. So working with, with um, people on their gratitude is a spiritual practice to me. Working with people to expand their forgiveness and recognize that a lot of the things that kept us separated from our families, we might not even remember anymore what that horrible thing was. Or maybe it isn't so horrible, or maybe we've done the same thing to other people in the 20 years we haven't talked to our sister since then, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the, the bringing together of the whole generation of pop parents and the forgiveness that often comes um, in that in that melding of family togetherness and planning and figuring things out and recreating family joy and fun and in savoring those good times. These are the principles that I've learned as a um, psychotherapist in the study of happiness and they cross into the spiritual lines completely. So I say that we need to make plans, we need to sit down and talk to people, have the courage to sit down and get into a conversation that ultimately both sides of the equation, the pop parents and the elder parents, wish to have and need to have. How healthy are you? How wealthy are you? What's your social environment? What's your spiritual practices? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? How can we work together? Mm -hmm. So that's the plan. Once you have the plan, then you begin to execute it like any other plan. People get jobs. They get delegated things. I've created a coaching program where I help, and my coaches out across the country, help families figure out how to do this. In the area of parenting children, there are countless magazines, organizations, support groups, lectures, TED Talks, all of that about how to better parent your children and how to be a better parent and how to communicate better and all of that. But there is so little literature. I really urge people, if they're at either side of this, to go get the book, Oh My God, We're Parenting mm -hmm. Our Parents, 
to go to the website, parentingourparents.org, where there are ongoing communications. People bring their problems in, and they say, my mom's 82, I live here, she lives there, she doesn't want to talk about this. And other people chime in, not just uh, myself and my coaches, but people chime in at how they've solved these problems. Because this is a whole generational cultural issue, mm-hmm. and I think it has to be handled at many levels, but because I so much come from a spiritual place, I think the, the, the expansion, I don't like the word change, I like expansion, this noticing that this is a pop cycle, it's a stage of life, and either you jump on it or you don't, uh, but there are consequences if you don't, and there are consequences if you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the way life is. But I think you have to start internally and look at what tools do I need. What, how do I want to think of myself? You know, when I'm at my parents' funeral, what do I want to say and what I want to be said about me, and how do I want them to pass out of this planet onto wherever they're going? Um, Jane, um, we should uh, tell our listeners, you, you use the phrase, the, the term POP in, in a lot, and we should let them know that's uh, an acronym for parenting our parents and yes. uh, not a reference to uh, popular <laughs> culture or something. Yeah, um, yeah I, I use it so commonly. I would like to add just with one thing before we go on, Phil, which is I would like to caution people that if you are an individual or in a family where you feel that you were abused or neglected by your own parents and you have yet to work that out for yourself, mm. uh, do not begin to parent your, your parents until you do. Uh, there are spiritual counselors, there are psychological counselors, there are even friends, but do not start parenting anybody, in my view, until you are over the resentment and regrets you have uh, substantially because you really can uh, be destructive. And there is elder abuse and other things that can occur if people move too quickly Mm. into um, uh, taking over things or doing uh, um, taking steps when they are not clear with themselves that they're okay yeah. with their parents. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that, Jane, because I was going to ask two questions, and, and maybe you just answered both. One was, uh, what is the biggest challenge you found people uh, face when they take on this task? And the other was, what about people where there are wounds and yes. serious baggage from their, their you know, lifetime of history with their parents? Well, as I say, if, if you are in that second category of serious baggage, um, work that out first. Mm-hmm. Uh, there may be a couple of practical things that you can engage yourself with. Um, you know, if, if your parent's driving and that's dangerous, uh, you might let the doctor know that fact. Uh, in California, doctors are supposed to... Uh, 
suggest to DMV that someone's license be removed if they're suffering from dementia or physically unable to drive. There are things that one might do, but I think if you're really feeling damaged, perhaps there are siblings in your family who are not. Um, And I think that um, one should get that help first before one ventures in. There may be other people who can help your parents better than you. Um, as for this, the, the biggest challenges, I think they vary from person to person. Uh, generically, I think that the role reversal mm-hmm. uh, is probably the most uh, unique part of this, and it's what really differentiates it uh, in a certain way from parenting children. Parenting children, frankly, uh, is much easier. Uh, It's expected. Uh, It's where everybody else is in their life, and there's all this information about it. There are norms of how a three-year-old should weigh and be and interact, not so with 83-year-olds. The ability to get to the compassion uh, with our parents is often harder because I'll tell you, when my parents started slowing down and it took five or ten minutes to get them into the back seat of my car, I began to be annoyed. Mm-hmm. When a five-year-old and their two-and-a-half-year-old sister get it, take a few minutes to get into the back seat of their car and they're putting themselves in their seatbelt and doing what they're supposed to do, you're thrilled. <laughs> but when it's your parents slowing down, I've got to be honest, that's a challenge emotional. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the role reversal. It's, it's a developing the patience, developing the, the bittersweetness of watching people you care about who were your role models, who took you to the ball game, Phil, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. uh, lose interest or ability mm-hmm. or in some way lose themselves. And then the challenge becomes how to help them have a purposeful life. And that's perhaps the most interesting and spiritual challenge of them all. When you have a parent who's 92, you know, she can probably still give the best hugs in the room. Mm. (laughs) She may or he may know, you know, um, the card games or the recipes or the history of the family. Uh, and have a role in the family. Or, you know, there are people who are still practicing their profession. There are other people volunteering. And the latest conversation in the longevity community is called the second chapter or even the third act. Because people are doing what they love (laughs) as they age. And uh, if pop parents, again, the the middle-aged people who are... helping to parent their parents and encourage their parents to have a purpose in their life other than getting up and going to doctors and having some aches and pains. You know, there are many people, some of whom are on this call, who are expected to be retired by now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but we're rewiring. Right. Uh, Phil, you're taking people to India? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. right, right. I know. you're not 25, are you? <laughs> you know, you have a purpose in life, and it's, uh, 
you know, frankly, you are a fuller human being than when I met you 15 years ago for your own growth. I think we can be better parents uh, to our senior parents than we were to our children, and maybe even sometimes than they were to us, because we've worked on ourselves, Mm -hmm. and we want to be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jane, um, I'd like you to uh, tell uh, folks where they can find out more, uh, uh, not only about your book, Oh My God, We're Parenting Our Parents, but workshops uh, uh, you might be doing or coaching you might be doing. And I just wanted to throw in, I mean, being somebody who uh, lost my parents over 20 years ago, uh, you know, those final days, the final times that I spent with my parents, and I knew they were getting older, and it was always, you know, not, not as much, not as easy always, but really cherish those times yeah. because they're not available anymore. It's not like an option yeah. that, hey, I'll do this in 10 years. And when you have that opportunity, you have it and uh, to take advantage of it. And I think the advice you're giving will allow people to take full advantage of us. But let us know, uh, our listeners know where they can find out more about what you're doing. Yeah, so let me, I, I will do that in a second just to uh, re- return to your comments, which were very meaningful, Dennis. Um, one way I sometimes try and expand my compassion muscle uh, in a moment of when there's annoyance or things aren't going as fast as I'd like or as efficiently as I might like when I was caring for my parents is to say to myself, you know, there'll be a moment when they won't be here. Right. So take this one in. Enjoy it. Savor this time, you know. Right. And um, at, one more comment, and it's very typical of our generation to say we lost our parents. And I'd like to invite the thought that they're still present with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, not, we're not crazy. We know they're not walking the planet. Um, they're not here, but they're also not lost. And as the time stretches when our parents are no longer on the planet, I think we can extract um, the, the really good things that we learn from them. Mm-hmm. We can begin to uh, have less of a memory and forgive some of the things they did that we didn't like or some of the things we did that they didn't like. Mm-hmm. And we can own... Uh, that they're that they're still present with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I uh, will refer people generally the best place to go to find out about the book, other good books, places I speak. Our coaching program is our website, parentingourparents.org, and you can find out about finding a coach in your area. I am still uh, doing some occasional coaching with people. But the book is a great start, and the website has a lot of rich resources of all kinds. I'd just like people to be able to do this uh, more easily and comfortably. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, many of the people who are the most interested are the 80-year-olds who don't know how to approach this subject with their 55-year-old children. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. don't be surprised if you... Uh, get a call from your aging parents saying, <laughs> I just heard an interesting program <laughs> on Spirit Matters. <laughs> great. Well, Jane, thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for the chance to talk. Yeah. And this is a, a great service you're doing as somebody who, who uh, went through this uh, a few years ago. Um, I know how important it is. I also know 
that it's a great challenge and that when you approach it the right way, it's a, a magnificent learning experience and a, a, a way to grow spiritually if you attend to, to the challenges in the right way. Um, maybe given the fact that we're all aging, your follow-up book could be uh, on being parented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> by your for the same uh, age group that's now doing the parenting, growing old gracefully. Yeah, <laughs> now, Jane, Jane uh, this has been uh, tremendous advice, and and you know, like I mentioned before, I lost my parents many years ago, and uh, there's not a day when I don't think about them, and you know, there are so many times I wish I could have uh, another day with them. So uh, something to remember, and I, I think the work you're doing is fantastic because. It's like anything oh, else you. in life. The more you can educate yourself about dealing with it uh, uh, beforehand, the better you're going to deal with it, the better results. And uh, so much in, uh, so many of the important activities of our life, we don't learn in school or there's no, no place to really learn. So I think, uh, I think not only uh, uh, will your book be of interest to people, but I think you've, you've started uh, a movement. Uh, where this will become a, a main area of focus and uh, ed education for people uh, who have to deal uh, with aging parents, and that's pretty much everyone. I really hope so, and uh, if any of your listeners uh, wishes to be in touch because they have an idea of how to bring this more into their own community, into their church, into their school, uh, want to hear one of us speak, me or some of the other coaches, go to the website and there's a place to contact us and we get back to people and we want everyone to be part of this changing uh, global challenge. Thank you so much Great. for the chance to talk with you guys today. Thank you. Thanks, Jane. Uh, this is Spirit Good Matters work. Talk at spiritmatterstalk.com. Our guest today has been Jane Wolf Waterman. Uh, her book uh, is, uh, oh my God, we're parenting our parents. Thank you so very much for coming on.